podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas Podcast. My name is Daniel. Stuck here, double H half hope. We do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review and we'll read mm-hmm. it on the show. We got one this week from the United States of America. Ooh. Um, the title is Have Hope is the Goat, or Hope is the Goat, rather. Um, Ghanaian listener from New York. Found you via Carl's Twitter. Didn't know I'd been missing out on this all my life. Definitely subscribing to your Patreon. Peter, I think I remember. Shout out. Shout to, out, mom. Thank out you, to bro. Peter. Thank you for subscribing to the Patreon. That's obviously the next thing. If you want to help the show out, like Peter. Who are the three disciples? Peter, James, John. John Paul. No, P- Peter, James, and John were the special ones. I don't know why, but Jesus picked those three in particular. If I remember my Sunday school lessons correctly. But anyway, um, if you want to be one of the special ones, patreon.com, Talking Tactics link is in the description. So I encourage everybody to check out the Patreon. All right. United played Liverpool. It was fun for a moment, but generally speaking, it wasn't that great. I've decided that United Liverpool games are just more hype than anything. Like they're not necessarily great games. There's like something with like death by a thousand cuts, I think. This was like the realization, like, you know what? These games actually are kind of just, eh. It's just very Englandy, yeah, And no, not no, in no. a good way. So, like, Spurs against Arsenal is, like, good in an English way. Yeah. So, I enjoy North London derbies. This one, it just feels like they're forcing it because yeah. the tradition of both clubs. It doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be a great game on our No, game. no, no. I, see, I think, see, like, because I was talking to Terry, Terry Flewers, football terrorist, said there is some kind of, like, a political kind of thing behind Manchester and Liverpool. But also, it's, they are, they're the most su- successful teams in England. So, it literally is like a, oh, who's now going to win the most titles, so forth, because they're the most successful teams. As opposed to, like, see, Barcelona, Real Madrid is very political, and that's about Spain and the history of, of Spain. Um, inside AC, that's the city of Milan. I've always known that it's, all, it's, it's always hype. The games are never very good. They're not, they're not that interesting, and they're not that very, they're not that entertaining. But English media are experts and amazing at just hyping things <laughs> and giving things more praise than they should. They are excellent at doing that, and people keep falling for it. So I always knew that. See, this is the first time where, oh, this now means something because they're both top of the table. It's, this is the only time where I took it because they're both top of the table now. Most times before, United are fighting for the title. Liverpool are like fifth or sixth. You know, on the, in, the, in the last few years, it's been Liverpool at the top. United are trying to get into a top four. So I was like, no, what? this is not a big game because the, both teams are not fighting for the title. But Barca Real are always fighting for the title. Back in the, in the 90s, 2000s, Inter AC were always fighting for the title. So, no, you see, see for me, see this now, let's talk tactics. Do we um, have to? Yes. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so basically, what's it called? Um, Sokshire played, he had a perfect plan, which is why it makes Klopp's criticism so childish and so sad and so stupid. What was Klopp's criticism, if you could remind me? Oh, basically, he says that why is such a quote-unquote world-class team playing so defensive? So he was Klopp attacking... Is a really bad loser. Very like, this, bad this loser. This is becoming quite a Very bad loser. No, no, no. It's season. like, now you're now seeing the other the side of him. him. So yeah. before, it's, oh, my Klopp, he's so funny. He's so... Um, <laughs> animated and everything. <laughs> he shows his teeth. Now, that's, that's, that's fake. Yeah, it's all, so, so now we're now saying, no, no, this guy can be a real dick. 
if, if, <laughs> if, if things aren't going his way, you know, but because they say like, it shows who you are as a person when things aren't going well and when you lose. That's what shows who you really are when things are not really going in, in the way that you want. So it was the perfect game plan. They're like, let's frustrate them. Let's sit back. Let's take them under their rhythm. Let us restrict the space given to Salah and Mane. Let us double team where need be. The double pivot works to perfection in McTominay and Fred. And we'll just try and pick off counterattacks where, where we can. Yes, Rashford got offside many times, but that was part of the plan where if he could just, all, all we need is for him to time his run well once, boom, and we're in. And then when you now saw in the second half, Liverpool are like, oh, damn it. We, we, we can't afford to draw this game. We have to win this game. Yeah. So they pushed higher, forward and forward. And that is where United had their best chances of the whole game. And, and he says to yourself that Rashford, man, again, you have to question his decision on making a football IQ that you had two choices you, you could make because you, you, you'd drawn the, 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 the defenders. You could either give it to Cavani or Bakili to Pogba because that was a three-on-two that they had. And then you look at the, the, the Pogba chance. Either side of, of Alisson, you'll pop off. You look at the chance that came from the corner. Great save from Beck as well. So the way that Sokshia set the team up to nullify Liverpool and how they tried to counter them, it was perfect. And it's like, for Klopp, you sound like a loser criticizing them for that because this is a team that is still growing, that is that he's still trying to get to be co- cohesive. And they, you have to respect what Liverpool can do to you at Anfield. Because the beauty of management, the beauty of tactics is every manager team has their own strategy of how they, they want to win. I hated Tiki Taka, but I have to respect it because it was a particular strategy that works to great effect. Like it or love it, if it results in a win, you've got to rest, respect that. So you now wanting them to attack, which would make it easier for you, is stupid. <laughs> the whole point is that he's trying to make it hard for you and right. difficult for you to begin with. Because I always say to that, for the inferior team, the first thing you have to do tactically is how do I nullify the superior team? Forget about what you're going to do. The first thing you're going to do is how do we stop them from playing their game? After we stop them from playing their game, then we can then worry about how do we now play our game and how do we now score. But the first thing you have to do as the inferior team is stop the superior team, stop them playing from feeling at home and make it as ugly and as disjointed a game as possible for them. That's what you have to do. And that's what Sokshed's team did. The pros and cons of playing Paul Pogba essentially as a right winger. Mm. What did you think about that? This just hits me and I... I it, I've actually just hit on a point that I didn't even hit when I was doing the re- reviews. This was the perfect game for Pogba to play where Bruno was. The criticism of Pogba is in games where United dominates possession and control possession, Pogba can lose possession. He has too much time on the ball. And if you give Pogba too much time on the ball and you make him be your central midfielder metronome, that isn't his game and that isn't his, his strength. But his strength is look at what, look how Deschamps and France play. They play on the counter. So their impacts, one, two, three, pass, boom. One, two, three, pass, boom. Pogba, Griezmann, Mbappe, boom. Pogba, Griezmann, Giroud, boom. Very quick. You don't have to think too much because they're like a, a counter punch. So this was the perfect game to put Pogba in that position where as soon as you get the ball, find Rashford, find Martial. Quick pass, boom, boom. Carry, carry the ball through, boom. Think quickly. You don't have too much. You don't have to spend too much time on the ball. One, two, three, pass, boom. But you see, for that was what he wanted from Bruno, but Bruno does not have the 
technique and doesn't have the quality that Pogba has. So, but because Bruno has been playing so well, you're like, oh, you have to, you have to put, but rather, because he's been so effective, you have to put in there. But this was the game to put Pogba in that position to really play that killer pass or because Pogba is the great moments merchant. He's a moments player where in a moment he can win you the game. And that is key because at the end of the day, it's about winning. Okay. What would you rather do? A guy that performs well that doesn't win in the game or a guy that does not perform too much but in a moment can win in the, 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 the entire game. Him being played right, left, it didn't work. And I think Bruno did not execute the way that Sokja wanted him to execute. Yeah, for me, I think it was like a reward. You've played so well that even though I wouldn't want to play you here, I'll play you here instead of playing Cavani as the striker with Rashford Martial as the two wingers. I think it was just more like acknowledging that Pogba actually has been playing well, but I'm not, you haven't played well enough for me to displace Bruno. Is there anything else from that match that stood out to you? Firmino doesn't work, bro. Klopp is having blind faith and loyalty in this front three. Is he blinded by the whiteness of his teeth? Yes, no, that's and also, um, <laughs> bro, there's you know, no way. He, how often does how often would you have to brush in order to have his teeth, teeth like are that? fake? Those teeth, are obviously, no, no, I know they're, they're fake, fine. but like us with our real teeth, at least, hopefully, out there, hopefully, you have real teeth. How often would you have to brush to get teeth that white? Like, okay, I'll admit, I sometimes only brush once a day, sometimes at night, I, d- I don't feel like getting I'm comfortable in bed, I'm on my phone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll brush in the morning. But you would have to brush like with like whitening strips, whitening paste, hella Colgate, or what's the most famous toothpaste in England? Sensodyne. Sensodyne. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, 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 Colgate is the most okay. famous, but, but Sensodyne is the dental approved one. <laughs> How do you know that? Because it says it's on the freaking package. <laughs> <laughs> I believe everything I read, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, the whiteness of his teeth are really uncomfortable to me. But anyway. Maybe they blind clap, but you finish. Blind faith. Like, for, for me, it's like there comes a time when the manager has to make that tough decision where I know what you've done for me. And Mourinho is the best at doing this, where I'm going to have to make a change. And I cannot let my loyalty to you blind me from making a change that needs to be made. So I think what is being screamed at as club where he needs to sort of respond to is you need to revamp the front three. So whether you put Firmino as a number 10 Ooh. or you put you get a striker striker, you, you know, it has to change because Firmino literally is offering nothing for this team. <laughs> you see, how many strikers are there? Everyone is, a, is either an inside forward or a number 10 or a, or a midfielder. How many strikers, strikers are there, like good quality strikers out there? They're not, they're not, that, they're not that, that many. So you, you just have to maybe do what he did with Lewandowski. We just have to scout from somewhere unknown and just find a guy that no one really has on their radar. Apparently, Chelsea want Haaland. How do you feel about that? I want it to be a combo move of Haaland in Lampard out. <laughs> so, so, so if he can sort of do those in one foul swoop, then it's great. Because there's no point in getting Haaland if Lampard is still the manager. There's, there's no point. But the thing with Haaland is that, no, that's, that's is a great signing. Because, see, I always said that I never championed the signing of Timo Werner because I always had questions after the World Cup. It was... A great flex by Abramovich, but objectively speaking, it's like that World Cup performance was sketchy. Yeah, everyone really played badly, but I was never sold on Timo Werner is now the next big striker. You can't deny that Haaland, he is that guy. You know, that the guy just is a 
the goal scoring comes naturally to him and he just got a natural eye for goal. You bring a guy in like, like that, I would assume, hopefully rightly, that yeah, he'd still score and score at a pretty high rate. I you don't know. trust Bundesliga anymore. No, but, but, but remember, he was doing this for Salzburg and Dortmund in the Champions League. And I don't trust him. No, no, no. You see, my thing is, I see, I use the eye test. I use the eye test. When I look at Timo Werner, I can see that's okay. He is reliant on the system and how the system works. But you can see that this player is limited. But if you play to his strengths, he can be very lethal for you. But you have to play to his strengths, which is what um, Nagelsmann was saying. That Nagelsmann was like, hmm, no, like, no, I, I don't think that, they, that, that he's been used right or used well, so forth. But if you use him well, boom. I think that for Haaland, he can pretty much walk anywhere because he has the movements. I think his finishing is more clinical than Timo Werner. And I think that he's got much more of a stronger personality and mentality of where he believes he will get that goal. You know, So I think that I can see more of a natural goal scorer that can adapt his game in Haaland as opposed to Timo Werner, who I never really rated Timo Werner. You know, what about Havertz? As in, what did I ever rate him, or what I think about it? No, no, no. Okay, how many Bundesliga flops can one team have before just stop buying? Okay, so how many guys from the Bundesliga have Chelsea had? Werner, Havertz, and Werner, Havertz, Andre Schürrle. That's three. Three proves the rule, though. So <laughs> one, two, three. I don't, no, I don't we... need any more than that. <laughs> so, okay, so now, you... now, how many have come from the Bundesliga and succeeded? So, Michael Ballack, I think that's it, bro. <laughs> Anybody who comes out of there has to be like so, so certified. Now, if you got Haaland, I don't think people would be too mad at you because Barcelona would take him, Madrid would take him, any mm-hmm. top team would take him. So, if he flops for you, then, you know, that's just bad luck. But uh, these Bundesliga wonder kids. Nah, leave me out of it. I'm not. I don't trust that league anymore. No, no but you see, for me, my thing is not about trusting the league. My things are trusted in my my eye test. But um, your eye test is, it's it's only as good as the league will allow it to be. But hence why I was never championing Werner. I was never championing Havertz. So, depending on the league, I was like, don't eh. say never, because somebody will come with a clip. Please let someone come with a clip where I said when Havertz was at. Um, Leverkusen, I said, man, this guy's amazing. Because I do remember what I said about Havertz. I said that, man, why are people making, making such a big deal out of this? That I've watched the games and eh, it's not that impressive. And for Timo Werner, I was like, okay, you've scored all those goals. Okay, yeah. But what did you do in the Champions League? You know, it was, it was really Sabitza and so forth and um, Angelina that were actually really saying what's up in the sea. <laughs> who looks like a guy from San Quentin. We need, we need to have a discussion about a certain mountain. Um, what Mount Kilimanjaro, the Alps, Mount Mason, uh, Mount, si- Mount Sin- Sinai. Is this is now going to go to my geography thing? Okay, where's Mount Sinai? I've, I told you I was I, I was trash at geography. That's why I'm, I'm trying to feel like <laughs> where did that come into your head from? You know, because because I'm just saying, oh yeah, like I remember learning about Mount Sinai while I was half asleep in in, in geography. It's it's biblical, man. Like that's where oh, Moses it? got the Ten Commandments. Yeah, ah. Mount Sinai. Um, okay. Before the match against Fulham, I put out a series of tweets, um, as I am prone to do. And I said, I wonder, well, one of the things I was curious about was how long is Mason Mount going to play in this game? 
because people have been lamenting the amount of minutes that Mason Mount has been expected to play. So I was curious, okay, Lampard, you're going to play him again. Is he going to play the full 90 minutes? Um, the three substitutions happened. The game was 0-0. So as soon as I saw that the third substitution had been committed, I immediately went and I was like, well, Mount plays a full 90 again. Just so happens like a minute later, he scores. Um, he scores the 1-0 against Fulham. It wasn't a great game. Chelsea, without the man advantage, I'm not sure how that game ends mm-hmm. up. Probably yeah. 0-0. I'm not sure Fulham win, but I can't give Chelsea the same credit that they get three points. But Mount scores um, my mentions. All of a sudden, I see plus 20. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Well, I don't know if it was – I hadn't checked in a while, but when I saw the plus 20, I was like, oh, God damn. <laughs> so people were in my mentions. plus. Yeah. And that just, it led me to like, okay, have, have I not been clear or perhaps have we not been clear in our criticism of the team? I don't know if anybody could find a tweet, uh, a podcast episode, a complicated Chelsea show episode where I have blatantly come out and said, Mason Mount is shit. He's trash. He's garbage. He's not good enough for Chelsea, whatever that means. Like, I don't even say things like that because what does not good enough for Chelsea mean? Zappa Costa is a Chelsea player. How is Mason Mount not good enough for Chelsea? Like, I would never say anything like that because that's just dumb. I would really love, like, Gatlock, if you're out there, or people who, like, take this thing really serious about going back and finding receipts, receipts merchants. Um, yeah, you can do the advanced Twitter search. I promise I don't delete anything I say just in case I'm right. So then I get to, <laughs> I get to come back and quote tweet something from 2015. That makes mm-hmm. me feel good. So... I leave everything as an option to be correct. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've ever said anything bad about Mason Mount, his family, his mom, like nothing. So I don't get what where people think we have this, or at least me specifically. I guess you, you have your own issues or battles with Mason Mount. But for me in particular, I don't want to see my name attached to any like, you know, Mason Mount did this. Ha ha, Daniel. Like, firstly, what makes you think like that makes me feel away <laughs> outside of the fact that i've been misquoted like you know that doesn't make me feel good so i'll defend my honor in that sense but yeah i don't have anything against mason mount i've said i think on this podcast a few times i think he has the potential to be one of the best midfielders in england i've said that like he could be that's his potential that's his ceiling i'm seeing some people that we found in the podcast friends of ours nini Talk about he can be De Bruyne. I've never said anything like that. <laughs> like, that's next level. I haven't seen that potential in him. But I've definitely said he can be one of the best English midfielders. I should carefully word this. I think he can be one of the best midfielders in the Premier League that is English. Mm. Not that not that he can be one of the best midfielders in England. That's another step. Mm, that's mm, that's mm. like in the De Bruyne territory. I, but as far as England players, I think he can be one of the best if not the best it just depends on you know Grealish and all those kinds of players but um Foden etc so he can be like in that bracket depending on how his development goes but in terms of like me wanting to see Mason Mount fail I no I'm not invested in that kid's life I call him a kid like he's a few years younger than me but I, yeah I'm not invested in him succeeding or failing or whatever the case may be like that's that's not it I'll get into my criticism um, of Lampard and why people think this. But I'll let have Hope want to say anything he wants to say about this before I continue. It's very simple and, and it's just sort of weird that people are sort of confused with what I stand with Mason Mount. Why would I want him to fail? You know? Like, like 
like w- how does that benefit me if you want to see i would only want him to fail if i'd said that this guy's trash he's so crap so when he feels like aha look look aha, i was right i was right what i've said is very simple mason mount is a decent player he's a pretty good player he's not amazing he's not outstanding and nothing he does is extraordinary so if mason mount is chelsea's best performer chelsea have problems because if your best performer is mason mount who is a guy who is decent or very good at best you have issues <laughs> you know that's an issue because i don't think maybe i'm wrong but i don't think mason mount can lead keyword lead chelsea to a premier league or a champions league he can be an important part an important component but him leading them to a premier league the way that salah or money do for for liverpool the way that de bruyne and selling do for man city that's a whole different ball of wax and it's as simple as that so i don't know how you now take that and say oh my gosh this guy hates mason mount he's always blaming Mason. like are you just ignoring what i'm saying to fit your own kind of like uh... i don't not like him i actually think he's pretty funny like the whole like the mustache or beard that he has that's mm. that's funny like the little video when he was a kid and he hit the free kick he hit the valve with a bull like that's <laughs> funny to me like i don't have a problem with him like he's youth chelsea youth whatever like i when has and nobody's ever criticized me before of like yo you're really going in on chelsea youth like if anything they've been like yo shut up about like chelsea youth products mm. <laughs> i don't want to hear anything but because of this guy for whatever reason like somehow i've switched up in the past like no this has been my criticism of mason mount and it's not even a criticism of mason mount actually let's let's do this very simply just for the slow kids at the back so they can understand this okay callum hudson adoy is a winger callum hudson adoy is healthy callum hudson adoy multiple times has been on the bench Mason Mount is not a winger. Mason Mount at times was used as a winger, even though Callum Hudson-Odoi was fit. At least I can speak for myself. I'm not going to throw anybody else in there with me. That made me question, why is Mount playing when all of the sentences I just said in the past minute have been true? It doesn't make sense that you would have a central midfielder playing on the wing when you have a fit winger who many people readily identify as a talent most notably the european reigning european champions bayern munich who have come in multiple times for this particular player that is my issue it's not with mount it's with the person who's creating the starting 11s who has the power to create the starting 11s at chelsea football club that is not mason mount mason mount does not choose to put himself on the wing callum hudson does not choose to put himself on the bench it's Frank Lampard who decides that Mason Mount gets to play on the wing today and Callum Hudson-Odoi starts on the bench. That's my criticism. In no way, shape, or form is that besmirching the reputation of Mason Mount other than to say, I don't think he's as good a winger as Callum Hudson-Odoi is. No, no, no. But I, that's, that's as simple as I can break it down. And if that no, doesn't make sense and you still think I hate Mason Mount, then... So, so okay, so, so, so wait, let me play devil's advocates for these guys. I think what it is that they may say that why aren't you giving more credit or waxing lyrical about Mason Mount scoring winning even if I think he's scored two Premier League goals so far this season, but that's to one side. Why aren't you waxing lyrical about Mount scoring the winning goal or him being Chelsea's best performer? 
So let me say the same energy you had criticizing Mount's his um his existence on the team ahead of ahead of California Joy. Use that same energy to praise him. That's what they're saying. I've never once criticized Mason Mount's ability in central midfield. As we started, I've said that he has the potential to be one of the best English midfielders. I'm talking about when he was wide, when he was played out wide. He was ass out wide. Like, why am I going to... And that... So, look, I'm playing devil's advocate. I know, this... but now I'm screaming at the devil because the devil's <laughs> stupid, man. Like, no, no, but okay, but, but let's... Let he the, wasn't let, good out there, but... Let the devil continue his stupidity. set him up to fail. The, the reason Mount got criticism was, number one... You have players like Callum hudson Adoy who people want to see playing on the bench. Mm. Number two, Mount wasn't doing anything necessarily productive on the wing except just pressing. He wasn't creating goals. He wasn't scoring them. Every time Callum hudson Adoy comes on the pitch, he creates, scores, dribbles. He does something positively. Even against Fulham, he came in the game when it was 0-0. It was his cross uh, across <laughs> the box that created the wait, situation wait, wait, wait. where which Mount was scoring. Wait, wait, wait. I've got Alison. <laughs> Lampard's press conference, you know, like he was saying about this is about him saying that Mason Mount needs to be given enough credit to answer. Oh my gosh, I've got to say something about what the reporter said. But he was he was, he was talking about how um what what you call it? He was talking about how Mounts is outstanding, doing really well, and, and so forth. And says that oh, because he doesn't do any flicks and tricks or stepovers, it's not so good. Who would you say is a very skillful guy that tries things? Callum. There we go. So for Callum, you doing those step overs and trying to dribble, Lampard is like, man, get you know so <laughs> <laughs> So that's the thing, man. It's like so it's like so for so for Callum, you actually trying to play football and look exciting is actually a detriment to your to your team. So unless that move comes off, even if anybody that plays football will know that the whole point of dribbling is you will lose the ball a few times just about you. It's about a lot of averages. Right. Once one pop pops off, it could lead to a chance. So you need to make those mistakes, lose the ball in order for one That's to pop why off. I never take seriously Neymar lost the ball X amount of times no. in a game. Look how trash he is. He's trying stuff. Yeah, that's what the, you know, that's the whole point of dribbling is, is that football is a very complicated sport that a favors the defense. Take, take risks is Willian. Hmm. <laughs> And nobody wants that. Like on the right, oh, I just get the ball. I'm not even gonna take him in. I just pass it back to to the mm. defender or the or the midfielder in the half space. Like, no, you take somebody on. Yeah, you, you might lose it, but there's a potential that you could be the man that then Love opens averages. up space. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Where was I in my slight rant? I, I even forgot where I was. But anyway, the, the, no, the issue... No, no, my, no, no, no. Let my issue me, has is... never been with Mason Mount. My issue has always been with the person selecting the 11s. Okay, let me ask you this. This is a clear thing, because I think maybe this is what the streets wants to know. Because I don't think I've ever Shout had a... Shout out to I've ever actually had an answer for me from this. Assessing him as a player, what is your overall assessment of Mason Mount as a player? I Played in the center in his strongest position. Right. I think he's a technical midfielder. Um, his touch is fine. His technique is great. Free kicks, corners. I've even said this on multiple times. I think he should be the one taking penalties, considering mm. what we've seen other players do, like Timo Werner and Jorginho and all the other ones. I trust his technique more than anybody in the team. So that's kind of what I see him as. You know, I think he has a decent eye for a pass. I don't know where Nini's seeing De Bruyne. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's just, he's a solid 
piece. Like, I wouldn't say he's great. I wouldn't say he's spectacular. But he's just a good midfielder to have in the team. Um, and I understand why he plays. Like, I understand why he'd be picked by Southgate. I understand why he picked by Lampard. Even the next manager who comes in after Frank Lampard, I understand why he'd still be playing. Mm. I don't have an issue with him playing in midfield. I've never had an issue with him playing in midfield because I think he has the en- the energy, the diligence, his intelligence in when to press, when not to press. That's something that has stood out to me since game one and when, uh, when Lampard picked him against uh, Manchester United. Like, yo, like he understands what to do. Mm. It's just there are certain areas of the pitch where another player would be better in that space because their qualities are more telling for the cohesion and benefit of the team. And that's all I've been saying. Mm. <laughs> now, if if that sounds like Mount Hate, bro, I can't help you, man. Like it just is no, what no, it no, is. But, it's but, not but, even it's I haven't said one bad thing about him. Yeah, but, 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 but do you now see my point that I'm making? Don't if a club now it depends what you want from a from a club, a club trying to win a trophy, a Premier League or a Champions League, is it realistic that a solid player who is a good solid good piece is the best performing player? Do you see what the issue is? Well, that's again the fault of the management. Now there my we own, go. my my, my, my <laughs> only one criticism of Mount would be the team is structured around him. The reason Chelsea are playing 4-3-3 primarily is because that's the only place Mount can play mm. as one of the number eights. He can't play as in a double pivot in 4-2-3-1. He can't mm-hmm. play really as the number 10, or at least you wouldn't want him in a number 10 over Havertz, Ziyech, etc. Mm. So the only real formation that would suit him is one like a 4-3-3. So if you're playing in your best position, I need more production from you. And if Fulham is an indication of that, then okay, let's see what happens. This is like a good first step. But two goals and a hit, like two or three assists, mostly off corners, I need more in the game. Like I need more incisiveness in the game. But again, he just turned 22. I'm not expecting him to be, you know, the finished article just yet. But the opportunities that he's getting... I don't know who, how many more players would get that opportunity. Like, you know, L- Lampard isn't building the team around Havertz, even though he's cost $100 million. If he was, mm. they'd be playing a different formation totally. Have you seen what Peter Bosch has been saying about Havertz, by the way? He's been coming at it. Lampard's neck low-key, t- saying, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't see what Lampard's plan is. They don't know what they're doing with Havertz. That's like, those are like veiled, not even veiled, those are like open shots. Like, <laughs> this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, he's he's sniping. <laughs> and I think he's employed. I don't even know why he's do he's doing that. Like but I guess the German press are asking him about Havertz. I could imagine um what the level oh, no, 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 but, 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 like, but imagine if you're Peter Bosch where it, he was such a dynamic, effective player for you, both for goals and assists. And now he's flying. And you, and, and first of all, you didn't want him to leave, so you're already angered that you've been in Spinal Club that he's hard to, to, to leave. I now seeing him literally not being used at all and not being used properly. You'll be like, "What the fuck?" You know. <laughs> so yeah, the the fact that the team is built around Mount and Mount hasn't been producing to a level where that could justify it. That, but again, that's not Mount's fault. It's not. I mean, that is my, the manager's fault. My God, fault. it's like in heaven. I. How is this? This is me attacking Mount. 
the stupidity of people on Twitter that say, man, this guy just can't get man. This even like Giovanna, people say, wait, 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 wait. When did I ever say, man, you 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 piece of crap? I openly <laughs> insult Frank Lampard. Like I'm I'm openly see, please. We I, call I him Francis. I call him Frank. I say you rookie. I'm not, no, so please, yes, yes. I both hands up. I openly insult Frank Lampard. Yes. When have I insulted Mount? Never. <laughs> so no, like, no, I, 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 sense. I, listen, man. There's the whole internet. You have Google. All the podcast episodes are available to go listen to. Find them. Find my insults. And if, I'll hold my hands up if I've said like a couple of things. But there's there's been no agenda, put it this way, Mm-mm. against Mason Mount. I don't care about him that much. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, even though we just had a lengthy conversation, so maybe that defeats the purpose. But before we leave England, a couple things. Mourinho has come out and congratulated uh, Ndombele for his performances. Um, I think that's pretty cool considering how their relationship mm. seemed to start. Um, if you watch the Amazon documentary where the owner even had to, or not the owner, but Daniel Levy, the chairman of Spurs, had to come out and um, you know tell him, hey man, Sizoko has struggled too. <laughs> for me, I was like, look man, you're both black, you're both French. <laughs> It'll go the same way. <laughs> like the fans hated uh, uh, Musa at first. Like it'll it'll go good for you too. I guess that's kind of happening. Like it's true. <laughs> if you're a French midfielder, like you're gonna struggle for Spurs your first season, and then the second season everything will just come good and the fans will love you. So, um, any thoughts quickly on Dembele? His goal was really good. Quality goal. It's gonna be candidate for one of the goals of the season. Um, and I think that I've now begun to really appreciate just how good this 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 guy is, um, like really good quality player. And I think that it's just great that he's been able to sort of come to terms with Mourinho and being one of Tottenham's key 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 guys. Because yeah, the guy's just a quality player, and you always need see that's a guy that Chelsea are missing, you know, an attacking creative midfielder, the keyboard creative. He's playing for Fulham. His name's Ruben Loftus-Cheek, but people don't want to hear that. I would die on the Loftus-Cheek hill, bro. I think he's so good, but... You see, like, I can just go on a, on a tangent as to how he got screwed over by being played out of position, and now that's what's used as justification to put him out on loan, but I digress. <laughs> and because let's not... That sounds like a thesis, bro. Bro, because, Danny, you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Putting no, him well, up actually, to I don't know. I don't know. Because like Barkley got sent out too. But maybe maybe if you investigate Barkley's grandparents. Barkley's a Nigerian. <laughs> okay. What do you look at? Don't play. No. Quality player. Quality player. I think like, you know, um, he's... Because people always go, you know, Sonkin, Sonkin, Sonkin. Got to talk about Ndombele. Yeah. Got to talk about Ndombele, man. But yeah, that was an amazing goal. And he meant it. You can tell when a guy yeah. means it. Because you can just see that how he hooked the ball and he looked over. Okay, next, next. Ozo has left Arsenal and is going to Fenerbahce in Turkey. I find this slightly interesting. Number one, if you would think Ozo's going anywhere, be maybe back to Germany. But his relationship with Germany isn't too tough right now. And his relationship with Turkey, I think, has gotten stronger since as his relationship with Germany has gotten weaker. Now, perhaps you could say, look, Danny Drinkwater is going to Turkey too. So this is just where players go when they can't go anywhere. They just go to Turkey. Mm, fine. Like Europe's MLS or whatever the case may be. Ah, I need I need a place to go. Go Turkey. Um, but yeah, the relationship that 
Ozo has with the president or the confused relationship, maybe I should say. Um, they took a picture and people tried to make that out to be what it wasn't and things like that. Um, how do you feel about Ozo's kind of Arsenal tenure? And do you think him going kind of to his ancestral home in, in Turkey is, is a good thing or a bad thing? I, I don't think it's ever good, but I think it's, it's like needed. It is what it is. I think that Ozo has sort of come to, to terms on official that, eh, all right. Bro, this, it, it was, was this really just football? Did this really have nothing to do with politics? Did this have nothing to do with him meeting Erdogan? Did this really have nothing to do with his views and his tweets, really? So I just think it's one of the weirdest kinds of ends to a career before because nobody, and I mean nobody, will convince me that Ozil is not good enough to make a 25-man squad for the Premier League. I'm sorry. Have you seen that Arsenal team? What, what about it? No, like he can't make that Arsenal team. Yeah, oh, Arsenal so, so sorry, yeah, that's where you're good. Yeah, really? <laughs> so come on. It's like, it's like, it's like you just say that. Just say no comments. Don't treat me like an like an idiot. Yeah, like it's okay. lying. Yeah, just say yeah, like just don't say yeah, look no comment. Don't be like oh well, he, he's not good enough because he doesn't press enough. Man, shut up. <laughs> so, um, it's just just a weird weird end to everything. And also, I think. Arsenal fans definitely still loved Ozil. Yeah, and they I, I think him. they wanted to want to love him. Yeah, no, 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 because remember, okay, see, peak Ozil was Real Madrid and Mourinho. That was peak Ozil. You never really got peak Ozil for Arsenal. But he always had a few moments where you're like, damn, this guy knows how to pass that ball. Like, remember, like, there was one pass that he made to, um, is it, I forgot the, the name of this, I think Moreno or, or something, where they freeze the image and when he made the pass, the guy he was he was passing to wasn't even in the picture. So that just showed like the level of his vision where he could really anticipate where a, a, a guy would go and then make that pass, which is always an amazing pass to make where you're producing the pass before the defense can even see who you're passing to. Mm. Um, and he always had glimpses of, of that, but he never really showed that as consistently as he did under Mourinho and Real Madrid, who... How that team did not win a Champions League, I have no freaking idea. Um, but yeah, man, it's he you is know, very much in some. The, they they should have won it the year Chelsea did, but they lost yeah. to Bayern on penalties. But do they beat Chelsea in the final? Yes. So why would they beat why would they beat Chelsea but Bayern not beat Chelsea? Because why, Bayern you... had the juju of playing at home. Uh... If. If that Champions League was held in London or any other place than the Allianz Arena, or you I think, think the Bayern pressure wins to, to them. Yeah, but I think either one they got comfortable, like this is a home game, uh, we got this in the bag, or the mm. pressure, whichever way. And I'm I'm sure that affected players differently. But if that was any other place, I'm not convinced that the team that wins the trouble the next season doesn't beat Chelsea. Or you know maybe you could say just Chelsea had like you know. The a juju of their own that couldn't be stopped, but mm-hmm. that was their year. I think that 2012 season that, should, that, that Madrid should have won that one. Yeah, Imagine I'm... Mourinho against Chelsea in a <laughs> in the Champions League final. That would have been hilarious, man. Uh, no, no, anyway. no. Which, which, which is why he was basically kneeling down during the penalty shootout between Real and Bayern because he was so wanted to that final. You know? The revenge factor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, anyway, um, yeah, I think I think Ozo going to Turkey's cool. By the way, mm-hmm. um, he's going back home, even though home is technically Germany. This is like home, home. If, you know, you you know when someone asks where are you from, and then you say you might say London, and then they're like, Nah, where are you from? From <laughs> like, yeah. oh, okay, Nigeria. But for for you, you just might say Nigeria off top. But I know this is gonna be big because whenever I ask girls like. Um... And I and I look at the and I and I look at them. And say, okay, yo, where are you from? I'm from London. No, I didn't mean that. Like, where are you from? Because you're not white. So where <laughs> are you yeah, really that's, from? That's the where are you from from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where are you from from? But I, I don't think that they get the from from things. Like, no, where are you actually from? Not London. I know that's where you're living now. That's where you moved to. <laughs> All right. Uh, Messi got a red card for the first time in his Barcelona career. I didn't know that. I didn't know this was his first red ever. For Barcelona, I think he's got one or two for Argentina, but yeah, they played Bilbao. They were up by a goal with like no time left. Bilbao equalized, and Yaki Williams scores the three-two. Quality goal. Griezmann had a chance to make it three-three for his hat trick and to equalize in extra time. He missed the volley. Bilbao were like time wasting, like nobody's business. And I think with like a minute or two left, Messi was probably just frustrated that you know this nothing's happening. Like we basically we fucked up. We should have won, uh, but we didn't. I think the game was in Saudi Arabia because you know how they kind of export their their Super Cup. I think they take four teams or two teams now, maybe because of Corona, or whatever it is. But you know, so yeah, he was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna go take my shower early. But the suspension it carries over to league yeah. play. So he'll weird. miss three or four games potentially. Well, let me let me read you something. So, Lionel Messi could be hit with a ban of up to twelve games following his red card in the Spanish Super Cup on Sunday. Damn. Messi was given his marching orders for the first time. A Golden player. I'm trying to say, well, why twelve games? Marco report that Messi could be slapped with a suspension of up to twelve games because the incident was so serious. Yeah, like what the the player was running. Like, and he mm-hmm. wasn't really kind of paying attention to Messi, and Messi just kind of, like, swiped yeah. him. I, I don't know if it was elbow games? or arm. See, I think he could appeal to, this is my first ever red card. I've been playing mm. here for 15 years. He could actually make the case, like, I'm not that type of player, yeah. you know. And if this is my first incident, I don't think you should suspend me for basically that's like half a season or a third of a season like that's yeah. an insane amount of time so although if he doesn't want to play for barcelona anymore mm-hmm. him being suspended for 12 games would actually be like a good thing almost out also. of sight out of mind that kind of deal no 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 no. he's still i think he still wants to to, to play well, so. no like if, if he's gonna leave at the end of the year you know all right what's 12 games like? eh, no he doesn't want to attend let me go find my him. house in manchester or paris or <laughs> manchester bro i don't think it's not going to go to manchester man wait a minute okay listen, don't as, listen to what nasa says to you as, as a complicated chelsea fan would you take messi at chelsea at 36 yes <laughs> for like a season, ball what? out for a season. Where okay, where does without Lampard? The key thing you always have to add the same without <laughs> Lampard, without <laughs> always add that in. No man, I don't, I don't, I don't care. But anyway, um, yeah. So I, I don't know why I would have thought that Messi has more red cards than that, but no, first red card. I wonder how many this. You know, obviously, it begs the question: How many red cards do you think Ronaldo has? Cristiano, that is, in his whole career. Yeah. I don't know the answer, but 
I wonder that. And then it no. makes me wonder, like, okay, how many red cards do you think Ronaldinho had? Or how many red cards did Eto have? How many red cards? What? So is there... Now, that's a lie. Greenwood has received zero yellow cards and zero red cards. I said all time. <laughs> that was written by, like, a fanboy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, <laughs> by a fanboy. <laughs> written by CR7. The amount of times he's taken his shirt off, that's at least a yellow card. So, chill. Ooh. Well, okay, okay. The number says, oh, 11 red cards, seven straight reds. Damn. That's a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Seven times. Okay, so these are red cards. So these are the top seven red card guys. So Yannick Kahuzac, 17 career red cards. Pablo Alfaro, 18. Ramos has got to be up. Paulo Montero, 21. Alexis Ruano Delgado, 22. Sergio Ramos, 26. Creole Rule, 27. Gerardo Bedoya, 46. What the hell was he on? Okay, does he have a paragraph? No, read, no, no. This, read his paragraph. No, these are just like... Aw. <laughs> he's, he's Colombia. <laughs> How stereotypical, but... <laughs> Damn. Like, it went like 20, 20, 20. He's in his 40s, man. Like, God. Man. And also, I think I, I vaguely remember him. He's a retired Colombian footballer. He began as a defender, but he also played as a defensive midfielder. Nicknamed the Beast. He currently holds the record for most red cards received by any player. Do you know who is suspiciously off that list? Felipe Melo. Uh, yeah. I would have suspected him and Ramos would have been top five, but no, just Ramos. So what's it called? Like, basically, the top YouTube clip is Gerardo Bedoya kicks a grounded opponent in the face. Wow. So he just had mad yeah, anger yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Breaking news. We will get into Italy in a second, but it just broke in like the last 10 minutes that Alaba is going to Madrid. Um, I guess he signed a pre-contract and he'll be going there next season. So, what does this mean for Marcelo? What does this mean for for Lamendi? Or is Alaba like a firm center back and he's going to be partnering Ramos and Dorvaran? Like, how does this work? Um, is he going to play defensive midfield like he does for Austria? Like, what's going on? No, no, no. But, but, but see, that's the useful thing. Again, like, I'm putting my football manager hat on. Oh, boy. A guy that's DM, LB, CB, <laughs> so forth. So like, oh, my gosh. It's a freaking gold mine. So, you know LB. that you can play me. <laughs> yeah, you, you know that you can play me. Multiple... I told you, in FM, whenever I see that and the player's good, my heart skips a beat. I'm like, oh my god, I can use him as a DM, I can use him in left. So, because there are times where you're like, man, I, I don't have any guy who can play in the left, or I don't have the guy who can play in the stand center. And this guy, especially if you have a man sent off, oh my gosh, I know that he can play left, I know he can play center, I know he can play in midfield. So, useful. Yeah, I think that's 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 a good move. And hopefully he gets his money. I know that's what he's wanted. So. <laughs> um, all right, quickly, Italy, and then some questions. Milan won, Ibra got a brace. Guy's doing crazy stuff at 40. But the biggest game in Italy was Juventus against Inter. Inter, man, they came through. Were you expecting that? Or... Nope. A very well-executed game. And I think it just showed that... You don't know that the manager of Juventus got his coaching badges like <laughs> five five minutes ago. <laughs> the other arrogance. And you know what, Hafo? I understand the arrogance. Of course you do. We've, We've won, won the nine league nine times in a row. We can do anything we want. So let's just put Pirlo in there. To yeah. w- they hired Pirlo because they said 
<laughs> we want to win the Champions League. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What would it be? I just said, what would it be by the Champions League? <laughs> the reason they hired Pillow mm. was because they wanted the Champions League. But how does that make sense by hiring Pillow? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, won the league. <laughs> because they lost, I think. Who they lose to? Leon? Leon, yeah. <laughs> they said that's not good enough. <laughs> so I'm not a tire pillow. <laughs> and that shit kills me. No, no, because the worst thing is that as you're saying that, I just have an image of just Pierlo standing <laughs> on the sidelines, putting his hands in his pocket, saying, Bro, you know, the stru- you know, you know, you know this guy is literally letting oh, on the job. Man. Okay, we've won nine times in a row. Sorry won us the league, mm-hmm. mind you. But no, 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 no. The reason we sack him is because the Champions League isn't going good enough. That must mean we want the Champions League above all else. So who mm. do we pick? <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you, 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 you can't do that to my guy, PLM. No, no, but no, 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 no. the way I'm viewing it is, my thing is that it's the sheer arrogance and disrespect to the it's rest so of the Syria. It's so disrespectful. Because you're like... we. <laughs> like things were so dysfunctional last season things were so messed up and we still wonder hey let's just get one of our guys just to come in and just sit and do whatever we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll still hence why if Juve win it this season Syria has to just be inducted do you know I do you know, I remember okay it was like a week maybe before he was he was hired as like the actual coach and it was like oh Pillow's been hired as like the under 23s or hmm. the under 21s coach I was like oh that's interesting he's going to management a week later <laughs> <laughs> he's the official head coach. I was like, wait, what? I don't think he actually managed a single game for the under twenty ones. He 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 might know like two player names. Like there's, he might have done a few handful of training sessions. Uh, just it's so arrogant, just so arrogant. But anyway, like Vidal scored a pretty good header in the first half. The mm-hmm. ball from I think Bastoni to Barella was oh, incredible. Barella was quality. Barella was amazing. Yeah. It wasn't good for Juventus. Now, okay, I saw you tweet this out, and I thought the same thing. If Cristiano doesn't score, what does he do? Crickets. This guy, he, in the first half, I think, no, it was the second half, they were looking for a goal, and this guy did step overs. <laughs> <laughs> no, because... The, the I was like, yo, those step over, you've been doing those same step overs since 2004. <laughs> because, you see, I want to try and be respectful here. I want to be trying respectful here. See, he, the he point, is our elder, to be honest. Yeah, no, he's a, he's elder, so I'd be respectful. See, the whole point of a step over is. I need to believe you're going to do something. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to try and sell it the fact that I'm going right, but really I'm going left. So you're now going to shift your body left as a defender while I now go left oh, and you messed up. You don't do a step over in the middle of the pitch. In a stationary position, then pass the ball sideways while doing a no look pass sideways. That's pointless. It's like, it's like look, he, I think it's so programmed since when he yeah, was a kid yeah, to yeah, do yeah, those yeah. step overs that he just gets it. He's like, he does it without thinking. But I'm like, they don't mean anything anymore, man. Yeah, it's like. In 2003, 2004, like a defender might actually be like, oh, okay, he's going to do something. It's, it's, it's 2021. So, yeah, it doesn't mean the same thing. He's like, don't wait, wait, you're, you're still on that? Yeah. <laughs> You're still on there. <laughs> okay, questions, questions, questions. All right, questions. So, Black Emoji wants us to talk about just kind of crazy fans. They wish bad things on people's families and, you know, maybe even put themselves in harm's way. 
I'm not going to read exactly what you wrote because it's a bit graphic, but um, we did an episode with Paul back in the day about like fan culture. I don't know if mm. you remember that. I think we, yeah. it's, it's something called Idolo. I forget what I named it. I will find the number of the episode because Paul and Sorge is a psychotherapist, I believe. So it was interesting to kind of pick his brain about like why people think how they think and stuff like that. But yeah, what do, what do you think about fans that kind of just take it too far? They need help. <laughs> like that's 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 what makes Kiki community stuck is like these guys need help. Of course, you can be passionate about something and everything, but there has to be a line. There has to be a line. I think if you now border on like harming yourself, mm-hmm. harming others, or wishing to harm. It becomes stupid, you know, because again, like, I'm sorry, you don't like or love football more than me. I'm sorry, you you, you don't. And you now wanted to harm someone or shout football doesn't mean you came out. It's like for me, which is why I I'd, I'd never like enjoying going to football matches in England because the amounts of kind of abuse, foul mouth, the most vile things being said ruins the excitement. And for me, this is the thing football and extremely abusive language don't go hand in hand no sorry no it's it's it isn't oh no this is just for no 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 because i have been to i've watched matches where nigeria have have played and it is an extremely amazing atmosphere to be a part of so um yeah it's it's just it's just just odd very odd yeah the episode number is episode 108 so look up episode 108 and that might have a little bit of like what you want to hear. Um, Damien Perez, Barca fan, says Barca mentality is weak and spineless, bunch of bottle jobs. <laughs> so there wasn't a question. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't good. It wasn't good what happened. It was, uh, it was actually pretty bad. Lampard out too. So this is his second account. Um, he has a picture of Michael Essien, so we can guess what he's about. Um, what will it take for these Lampard fanboys to admit that he's out of his depth? If okay, if you're a fanboy of a manager, and a manager that's it's his third year, second year at Chelsea, I think you're probably a fanboy of him because of what he did as a player and what he means to you as a person more so than what he means as a manager. Mm. So actually, there's probably nothing at this stage that can happen that would like steal that joy from you of seeing Lampard managing your club or whatever. So. I've seen people say, yo, even if we get relegated to non-league, I'm still yeah. going to back Frank yeah, Lampard yeah, yeah, yeah. in the team. Yes, yes, not yes, even sorry. thinking that, if, okay, if the team's in League 2, Lampard's not there. <laughs> like, <laughs> And chances are, you're not there. <laughs> like, like, let's be real. So, Abdullahi asks, where would Haaland fit in Chelsea and who goes? Abraham has one year contract remaining and Giroud leaving end of the season. Um, maybe we can discuss that one on the complicated Chelsea show. And aren't yeah, you doing the Q&A? Yeah. Which, which, which you are a part of, my dear friend. Um, Damien Perez, another comment. Also, the boy Ibra saying what's up again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's gone in. And lastly, from Jax365, he said, Today, Monday, is Martin Luther King Day. Which white person using an MLK <laughs> quote Good. wrong is your favorite? This conservative MP is my favorite. So I don't know who Ben Bradley is. Okay, my favorite is, I think, the FBI. Not this year, but I'm pretty sure in years past, like the FBI has come out and said, you know, we'd like to say 
to say uh, put our support behind Martin Luther King. Boo, boo, boo. But black people always quote retweet it like this you. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. maybe they've chilled this year. But yeah, <laughs> any government agency like FBI, CIA, NSA, uh, the White House, and like the white the office of the Secretary of State, like anybody who actually. Do you have ten minutes? Do you want to have like just an MLK discussion? And I know obviously it could take a long time, but we don't need to take a long time. So. One of the things that annoys me most about today is the quotes. So people type in Martin Luther King, brainy quote, and they just go through people, just regular people, brands, like government agencies, like he's saying, like probably Donald Trump. I Obviously, I have him. Oh, he's he's banned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's banned. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, people of that ilk, like a Mike Pence or whatever the case may be, like people, yeah, if he was alive today, you wouldn't like him because he'd be calling you on your on your stuff, but. They go through all of the I have a dream quotes mm. and, you know, the flowery language. It's like he doesn't die in 1968. In most people's minds, he might as well have been shot on those steps in 1963. There's like no educational teaching or basis of the evolution of Martin Luther King, especially from 1965 through 1968. And that's one of the most annoying things about this day is how people commandeer and use his quotes in a in a manner that he didn't mean them, number one. Mm-hmm. But they always use, like, the same speech. <laughs> the same one speech. And that's done intentionally, I think. Because if you read um, Two Americas, or if you read Beyond Vietnam, or if you read um, basically just any speech that he says past 1966. And I encourage everybody, go read uh, Two Americas, or the, the Other America, I think is what the speech is called. And beyond Vietnam, those two in particular, and even his very last speech that's called I've Been to the Mountaintop that was given April 3rd, 1968. Read the kind of things that he was talking about, economic boycotts and the militarism of the, of the United States and the idea that, you know, it's a cruel jest to tell a bootless man to lift himself up by his bootstraps. Those kinds of quotes nobody likes to pick except for, you know, maybe the more radical among us. Because people love this whole, ah, oh, you got to do it yourself. You got to pull yourself up. But Malcolm, not Malcolm, but you could confuse the two by the time Martin died. But Dr. King was really awesome. We need to shake the system. So there needs to be some dramatic shift in the distribution of wealth. That gets totally lost in the flowery language of the Baptist preacher who just wants to talk about love and reconciliation and togetherness, as he would as a as a man of God and and in some senses, not in all senses, we can get into the to the more unsavory parts of King's life, but maybe today's not the best day. Mm. <laughs> but when I when you go on just websites and you just see King quotes, it's just like do me a favor, like if you're not gonna, especially like I went on Apple.com today for whatever reason, and like the first thing you see is just a Dr. King quote. It's just like, bro, y'all have one trillion, two trillion market cap on like the stock market. You know what you could do with that? If you just wanted to end homelessness or hunger or thirst or whatever the case may be, you could do it. And that would be in the spirit and tradition of a Martin King. But y'all don't really want to do that. Y'all just pay lip service and just use the flowery quotes. But you don't really want to do the work that got him killed. So that's the most annoying thing about today. Yeah, no, look, it's these things always happen. Because you always, I think people always want to try and, you know, wrap things up in, in a package that is digestible for them. And they never really want to look at the truth or something. It's like, you know, what works for me? What is the best way for me that I can di- di- digest this? Aha, boom, face value. All right, cool. 
typical human traits, typical human thing. Hence why, like, the whole MLK, I'm going to look, right, you know. I, I, do, I do my own research thing, man. I don't, I, I don't need all these, like, pictures on Instagram and stuff, man. I'm, I'm cool. yeah, it's, just, it's the... It's kind of the insidious nature, not to get into like economic here, but it's like the insidious nature of capitalism where a man who would be killed because of his outspokenness against the kind of uber capitalist economic structure of America is then 40, 50 years later, then co-opted into selling people stuff like there's Martin Luther King sales that happen now. And like, you know, again, like a place like Apple is kind of. You use him to kind of, I don't know, make yourself look better. But you're just trying to sell iPhones and MacBooks and iPads. Like, if you were really about the work that Dr. King was about, then we would see that in action. But we rarely do. So it's just mass hypocriticalism. And I'm not saying, like, I'm out here ready to put my life on the line. I think you have to be a special particular individual to do that. Um, And who knows? Like, you know the interesting... Okay, I got four minutes and I can keep rambling. So... Um, do you know how young they were? All things considered, when I say they, I mean Malcolm was killed at 39 years old, assassinated. Martin was assassinated at 39 years old. Sankara, I think, was 37. Maurice Bishop, I think, was 38. Um, Patrice Lumumba was 36 years old. Like all of these guys are just in their 30s. Like I just hit 30 last year. And I'm thinking, like, damn, bro, man, I'm fucking up, dog. Not, not that I want to die, like, in 60 years or whatever it is, but I'm just like, yo, like, people really were doing a lot in a short amount of time. Like, I don't think I'm old by any stretch, but, like, if you think about the amount of time that these people just had on the planet, it's not that long. Yeah. Um, and they were still able to do what they got done, so it's like a kick in the ass. Like, damn, bro, you got to do more. You talk a lot, but what are you doing? <laughs> that kind of a thing. good game. Yeah, so anyway, shout out Martin Luther King, obviously, and it, you shouldn't need his birthday, really. I everybody yeah, that's what guys always do, man. They always wait until oh yeah, he's such a great now. What now? What are you gonna do tomorrow? Man, let me just well, yeah. about so this new. If you haven't, and the the cool thing is like if you're a visual learner or audio learner, whatever the case may be, like you can find these speeches; they're available. So, beyond Vietnam, that was given a year exactly before his death in April 4th, 1967 at Riverside Church beyond Vietnam. Read that speech or listen to it. Find it, however. So that's number one. And the other America. I think it was given at Stanford University sometime in 1967. So those two speeches. If you want to find out why Martin was killed, when he was killed, and he wasn't shot on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in 1963, but on the Lorraine Motel balcony, in Memphis, Tennessee in 1968. Go listen to those two speeches, and then you'll be like, these quotes don't make sense from the people who are giving these quotes. Next year, I will give you the same advice, but I'll, I'll shut up now. So this has been the Talking Tactics podcast. We thank you guys for listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all on Talking Tactics. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we'll read on the show. Shout out to Peter, um, who gave us the review at the beginning. Um, He's a Patreon. I encourage everybody else to check us out there, too. Yes, sir, man. And have hope. Where can people get you? You can find me on the streets. S-T-R. Are you homeless? Double E-T. No, 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 no. 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 The, <laughs> the, the, the figurative streets. Ha- imagine Have Hope was the roadman that he, that he <laughs> criticizes all the time. Not not in, like, the vicious sense, but just, like, he's just on the road all the time. Anyway, um, 
check out our How Good Was He Really series. Mm-hmm. Um, first episode is uh, is out now. It's on Pele. Check it out. Get your Maradona research in. Watch the documentary from, ooh, what is that guy's name? Asif Kapilda? Don't quote me. I think his first name's Asif. He did the center one. Watch that. Watch all you can on Maradona. And next week, we'll, we'll discuss it on our YouTube channel. So, yeah. Talking Texas podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace, 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 peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.